My name's Rob, I'm the pastor here and I'm so glad that you've taken the time to come out to church this morning and I know that God is going to do something good. We've just come off uh, a week of prayer and fasting or really four days of prayer and fasting and I want to thank all those who came out and uh, joined us for that. And uh, in that time, last year, we, we have for the last five years, we've started the year with prayer and fasting as a church and last year as we did that, the Lord gave me the word uh, grow and growing for our, for our season that we're in. I think we're going to keep going like that. But the other thing that the, the Lord showed me this year on Tuesday morning, as I started prayer, praying and fasting, he didn't even make me wait till Friday afternoon. Got me right at the start, was the word free. Free, freedom, that kind of thing. And I, and I, I, I always get a word from God like that, and I think, oh, well, that's, that's like, you know, that's not it, God. And, but I write it down in obedience and say, okay, but since, since uh, Tuesday till now, I'm just getting so much things about free. So last year, if you got sick of the growing series, it went for like 90 series. Uh, we're going to do part one of free today, but who knows what we're going to get up to. But, but I want you to get something in your spirit because as believers, what we've done in church is we've seen people come to Christ and they, they, they make that commitment to make Jesus their Lord and Saviour. And we say they've been set free and they do feel set free. But over a little bit of time, it doesn't take us very long because we're really good at it. We replace the cage they came from and put them in the Christian cage. And it's equally as damaging because you find after five years... They're not in church anymore and they don't want to go back to church because they think, well, I, I was freed from something but then I ended up in worse bondage because we, we didn't get things right in their, in their discipleship. So we don't want to do that. We, and, and anyway, we're going to speak about that this year. What we're going to do also <laughs> this morning, I am going to preach later, but what we're going to do is, is we've had a couple in our church for the last six months, Imable and Nadesh and uh, they're from Rwanda and they're going back to Adelaide uh, this is their last Sunday with us and, and uh, Imabli has an incredible testimony of faith and uh, what God did in his life as Rwandan refugees and uh, we, we need to take examples from, from life and you, know, you might have attitudes because people who, who, who live in a blessed country don't have a lot of compassion or grace for people who've had such a different life experience and you, know, you might have an attitude well I think this is about you know, re refugees and all that stuff. Think again. Think what Jesus would do. Anyway, despite all that, I'm going to ask him, Mubli, if he'll join me this morning. And he's just going to share just briefly uh, whatever God's put on his heart. I've given him a blank sheet, but I've, only get, but I've given him a limited time. So, uh, <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor Rob. Um, thank you, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Um, so excited to be here this morning, although it's not exciting to say goodbye, but uh, this church has been a really good church for us, and we thank God for you and for the way you have been very welcome to us. Now, just as uh, Pastor Rob said, I had a pretty difficult um, background, and coming from Rwanda as a refugee and living in, uh, you know, in Congo DRC and Zambia as a refugee. I've seen a fair bit of, uh, you know, trouble and suffering as well. But in that, you know, <laughs> yeah, but um, in all those things that have happened, when I look at myself today and the word that can sum up whom I see myself to be is blessed. Because 
when I look at where God has, you know, brought me from at some point in life, I mean, the testimony is long. I can't really go through everything. Some of you have had a chance to talk about a little bit. But, you know, there's a time as well, you know, I look at myself as a boy at some point who never even, you know, used to have uh, something to eat, who struggled to know what I would eat today. And for me to eat, I had to go to a restaurant, you know, spend about, you know, 50 cents, equivalent Australian, buy a little bit of food, you know, just uh, they would give you some water that they've used to cook meat. And you stay there waiting for the people who are buying food, you know, to come in. They buy a lot of food. They can't finish everything. They, st they go off and you kind of pick the leftovers. You pay the 50 cents to be in the restaurant so that, you know, afterwards, once you've eaten enough leftovers and you're full, you go out. But, you know, this morning I look at myself, I'm blessed because God has, you know, passed me through all those things and he has taught me, you know, a few lessons in that. And this morning I'd like also to encourage some people who might be going through difficulties, you know, because sometimes we tend to think, you know, devil can corner you into a corner of thinking that, you know, this is God's doing. You know, he has designed you for this. He has created you for suffering. And for me, definitely, I had many such, you know, conversations even with the devil trying to convince me that God has created me for suffering. But, you know, after all those things, there's a greater understanding that God has actually given to me, which I would encourage, I would love also you to have, you know, this morning. And that is, if I can just briefly uh, talk about it, it's, uh, you know, God had an original plan. He created us as human beings, and we know it in Genesis, and he puts a human being here, and he puts us in charge of the earth, and everything he has created. But someone else wanted to be in charge, even in heaven, that's Lucifer. So he wanted to be in charge in heaven. He wages war because he wants to be a king. He's thrown on earth, where there is another king, a human being, who has been given authority. And the devil is frustrated because he's been kicked out of heaven. Now he has to be under the human being, but he knows that human being is a much lesser powerful being you know if you look at him he was an angel so he wants not to mess up the earth he wants to frustrate the king who threw him out of heaven and that's where all the troubles come from and it's not that you know he drives any joy from it but it's because he's trying to frustrate god but then god himself you know being a powerful god and having given us free will which is what the devil exploited he has another plan because it's like you if you have a project, you build a city, and a terrorist breaks down the city, would you just watch and be powerless? No, but God had another plan. He says, I'm going to, risk to rescue these people. devil has, you know, is messing up everything, but I'll still create another earth where these people are actually going to dominate. They will be the kings. They will be the rulers of the planet. And that's why he gave us, he gave us Jesus Christ, and in him we can come back to God, reclaim the original authority, and then eventually, we'll go to heaven, live with him, and then he'll give us another earth where there'll be no Lucifer, where we can now have, you know, uh, enjoy life without all those troubles. So this morning, uh, it was, it's been a privilege to meet you, and, um, um, you know, I love the welcoming that, you know, most of you, we've, we've caught up, I've known a lot of people in just a short period of time, and I pray that, you know, definitely we will keep in touch and May God continue to bless you. I uh, will keep praying for you, and please also continue praying for us, even as we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Why don't you just reach your hands towards them? We're going to pray a blessing. Uh, I think it's, it's uh, great that they're here in Australia, here in South Australia, and I hope they come back and visit us.
well, when they can. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Immobile and Nadesh, and we thank you for the time they've been with us and for their little baby as well. Lord, I just pray that they may uh, be truly blessed. Lord, it's a, uh, it's a word he uh, uh, speaks over his life, and I just pray, Lord, that he may truly see, be amazed at the future blessing that you have for his life. Lord, his past doesn't dictate the future. And Lord, I just pray that today that they may be blessed as they leave Port Lincoln. And Lord, I uh, pray that you open doors and create uh, opportunities for them as a family. And as the family grows, I truly pray that they may be uh, anchored and uh, uh, just placed in the house of God. So, Lord, we thank you for them and thank you for the time they've been with us and pray that you be with them as they go in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, babe. Thank you. That was good. Bless you. Thank you. <clears throat> so who's ready to hear the word of God? That was good. So on, on our key word for, for 2017 or for this season that we're in, it's free. And uh, I want us to to look at uh, an aspect of that this morning. But um, I think this, this will build upon a, a series as I discovered, uh, as I considered this word uh, free, I got my trusty thesaurus out. And uh, there's a few words that describe free. And they may, may uh, be obvious and sometimes they're not so obvious. But some of the words that, that, are, that are described as free is enlarge. You wouldn't expect that, would you? But that's, that's a word that describes it. Liberate, we think that's, that makes sense. It also means to be eager and to be ready. And I want us as a church to be eager and ready for what God wants to do in our lives and to, to go with that. So I prophesy One Heart Church in 2017 uh, will be enlarged, it'll be liberated, it'll be, it'll be full of eager people, it'll be full of ready people. And uh, I'm just so excited about what God wants to do in your lives this year. So I hope you'll be enlarged, I hope you'll be liberated, I hope you'll be eager and ready for God to use you in this season that comes upon us. So who's up for that? Yeah. All right, that's good. So I have, a, I have a scripture for you this morning to grab hold of this year so that uh, you can so that you can see if this thing works for me. There you are. So Galatians 5 verse 13. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So this, this verse is all about freedom, but uh, you got to <clears throat> put that somewhere, put this scripture somewhere, write it on your mirror with your lipstick. Uh, Sean, you do that, go home, use that. Put that somewhere and remind yourself of it so that you don't forget. Uh, because I know for, for many of us here this year, it's going to be amazing as the Holy Spirit works in us. Is that uh, something? I think we're going to come to discover what God means about being free. And, you know, the, the thing is, I, I've, been a, I've been in church. I've, I, I first gave my life to Jesus when I was 10 years old in 1975. And I know you're thinking, he couldn't be that old. <laughs> but, you know, the more I've been in church, the more I, I find out I don't know. And I want, I want you to live in that. Because I don't ever want to lose a sense of... Wow, there's more that I don't know. 
Because the, one of the biggest traps, one of the biggest obstacles to freedom is thinking you already know. You know, one of the, the things, you know, I, I'm, this is getting off my notes here, but you know, freedom, often we think of freedom like the, the, the motorbike and the open road and the wind in your hair without your helmet on, you're free. But you know, when, when, you, when you think you've got there, the freedom stops. And what I want us to, to, to get in our spirits, in our hearts, is don't lose the, the, the joy of, of the getting there. Don't think, well, I've made it. I'm here now. I, don't, I never want to get there until Jesus comes. Then I know I'm there. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep digging and seeking and, and riding I've never ridden a motorbike. I've crashed a motorbike. I've never ever ridden one. But it's a good image. <laughs> okay, there's three things from this scripture that we're going to look at. This is not the real, the real message yet. But from Galatians 5.13, these are things to, to remember and remind yourself this year. And, and hopefully you take notes and hopefully you can really say, God, I want to get on the theme of what the church is into this year and if you are new to here or you you, you are just uh, traveling through and you're, you're visiting then that's okay hopefully you can take some of this stuff and help you uh, wherever you are from as well a you are called by God to be free so you need to know that if you start to feel constricted you start to feel bogged down you start to feel uh, uh, caged you got to remind yourself I'm called to be free I don't need this this is not the life God made for me number number two don't use freedom to sin because I can do all things. I can do whatever I want because God gave you a free will, but that doesn't include the free will to keep on sinning. And we all know what sin is. Sin is sin. And, if, and, and we know the boundaries because God placed it in our hearts at the start when he created the world. He placed a, a, a disc within every person or a hard drive or something and he put it in there, asked the doctors, there's a few doctors here, asked them what it is on that you know there's people say that endorphins there's these endorphins in your body and it says chocolate dark chocolate releases endorphins that's good red wine releases endorphins all this kind of stuff you know what i don't care what releases them i want to i want to find i want to find the thing that breaks the box where the endorphins come out of and just leave them out all the time i think that's what pauline's got Anyway, don't use freedom to sin and you're free to serve in love. And we're going we're gonna to look at all that as the year goes on, some of these things, but we're free to serve in love. And if you can get the, the, the message from Friday night, um, it sort of explains a little bit about that. Uh, but we're going to really explore that one, I think, this year. And I, I believe that uh, that's going to set a lot of people free when we can understand what it is being free to serve in love. So... We'll look at that another time. But um, this is just my pre-introduction this morning. But what I want to preach on today is free to speak. And one of the basic principles of our society was the principle of free speech. And it wasn't a mistake what I just said. Because um, it's not anymore. That, that's not something that we have anymore in our society in Australia. But uh, this thing's really helping me today. It's really good. What we speak has power over who we are 
and what we can become. So battery's flat or something. Sometimes we need to know when not to speak. So I'm going to just go through some things that I hope will really help you this morning. So when Joseph, you know, so if you're not from church, and, and sometimes we take it for granted that people know the stories and you think you, you name names, the, the names I'm saying are all people from the Bible. They're, they're people who lived in the Bible days. So if I say Joseph or Daniel or, or Paul, it's not the guy at Coles that you know. It's they're people from their characters from the Bible. So <clears throat> we're up to when Joseph, uh, he when he revealed his identity identity to his brothers after they had sold him as a slave. It says in Genesis uh, forty-five verse three, they were speechless. So sometimes in that kind of an environment, there's a time to not say anything. Because could you imagine, Dave, uh, Joseph has become the prime minister of Egypt. His brothers have to go to Egypt because they're all starving. And, but when they last saw him, maybe 17 years or so before, he was their little brother who they didn't like anymore. And they sold him to some, to some slave traders and he ended up going to Egypt and, and became the prime minister. But they didn't know that. So they went to buy grain. The only person who had grain was, was him. And they had to go to see him and they, they didn't recognise him straight away. But then he finally says, I'm your brother Joseph. And they're like, And they were speechless. In a situation like that, it's like, don't say anything. Another time when Job's friends, you know the story of Job, my second most unfavouritest book in the Bible. My first unfavouritest is the Song of Solomon. <laughs> Just get on with it. When Job's friends came... To see, uh, when, when Job's friends came to visit him, they scarcely recognised him when they saw his suffering. And it said, no one said a word because his suffering was too great for words. That's Job 1 verse 13. And so sometimes when, when there's suffering, words can't comfort. And these guys said they sat there for seven days and didn't say a word. Sometimes it's knowing when not to say. There are times to speak nothing. So being free to speak is knowing when not to. That's the first key. Put that down in your notes. The first key to being, to being free to speak... What are you pointing at? Oh, does it? Is knowing, knowing when not to speak. There's the scriptures there for you. Thank you, Pauline. So be careful, moving on. Be careful not to, to speak yourself out of what God is planning. So I'm going to show you that. In Luke 1, verses 11 to 20, and I've been looking at this really carefully, we read the story of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. He was a priest, and he's ministering in the sanctuary, and he's burning incense, and an angel appears. I mean... Uh, it says that he was shaken and he was overwhelmed with fear. And it's like the ultimate paranormal experience. You know, some people get right off on paranormal. I sort of got into that when I was a teenager with my friends and, and the closest we could get was go to the, the cemetery at night. 
and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go in, we'll see the ghost now. And then you sort, of, you, you sort of get about 10 feet in through the door and then suddenly someone starts to run and so you all run, <laughs> screaming. And then you make, you, know, you make up the biggest story, what you saw, but you didn't see anything. You're just like, oh yeah, I saw it. <clears throat> but it says he was shaken and overwhelmed with fear. And the angel says, your wife's going to have a son and you'll call him John. And it says he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. Who wants a baby like that? <laughs> None of mine were. <laughs> we, had to, we had to install that later. But it says this angel speaking to him. And you know, some people have this illusion. If an angel spoke to me face to face, then I'd know. That's all I need is an angel to visit me. There's a paranormal angel come to tell you what to do. It says this in, in, in Luke 138. Let's have a look at that. Oh, sorry, verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. And so, what he's really speaking was I don't believe this. I don't believe it. And if you saw his wife, you'd believe what he's saying. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't fair. <laughs> but Luke 1.19, then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. He's like the big kahuna angel. He's the highest. He says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. See, Zechariah didn't believe the message. And, it was, and he was left unable to speak until the baby was born. See, if he could speak, he wouldn't have spoken himself. He would have spoken himself out of God's plan. And so often... That's what people are doing every single day. They're saying, I'm speaking myself out of God's plan. Because they say, oh, I don't believe that. Oh, that'll never happen. Oh, I can't see that happening. Guess what? You're never going to. If he could speak, he would have spoken himself out of God's plan. So let's be careful not to speak ourselves out of what God is planning. So... There is a time not to speak. And when, when you're struggling with life and when God starts to reveal his purpose for you, don't speak against it like Zechariah did. Don't speak against what God is planning. So sometimes you're speaking to leaders. Sometimes you're speaking to your pastor. Sometimes you're speaking to people with, with authority spiritually in your life. And they say, you know what? I think you could really do this. And you go, oh, no, that'll never happen then you know what? It'll never happen. But you've got to start to say, God, I want to bring my, my speech into, into the, the direction of your plan. And you'll see that God will, will make things work for you because you're, you're aligning your speaking with God's plan. And this is what the, the angel said, but now since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent and able to speak until the child is born for my words will certainly be fulfilled 
at the proper time. And I want to tell you today, if you, if you want to trust God, if you can trust God, His words will certainly be, be fulfilled in your life at the proper time. And you need to wait for that time. So just be encouraged by that. So there's a time not to speak. There's also a time when to speak. So it's important to know when to speak, especially as believers because the world needs our voice. The world needs your voice. Not just to be speaking your opinion, because sometimes even as believers we can have a wrong opinion. Just ask my son. He's full of them. <coughs> Gee. Dad, you hurt my feelings. No, no, I didn't. He's unoffendable. Yeah. That's an in joke because he preaches this message and he's got a jumper that says unoffendable. So he's just living a dream. Psalm, Psalm 102, no, sorry, Psalm 107.2. Yeah, what? What do you want me to do? All there that we're trying to show off here but our stuff's not working psalm 107 verse 2 says has the lord redeemed you this is the times when to speak then speak out tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies oh thanks guys oh, i'm looking up there he's look. sorry about this very unprofessional of me psalm 107 verse 2 says has the lord redeemed you then speak out tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies so it's good to speak about what God has done in your life. So the best thing that you can do to serve Jesus is tell people your story. So you might think, well, I don't know how to serve God. or You know, you have all sorts of reasons why, but you can tell your story what God's done in your life. So many people are too scared to speak about God because they fear people's questions. Then speak about what God has done in you. Just speak about your experience of what God's done in your life. And when you, uh, when you get questions that you can't answer, just say, I can't answer that. You don't have to have all the answers. There's Siri on my phone. She never answers anything. Do I say, oh, Siri, where's this or that? She says, I can't answer that. And what's the point of you, Siri? But I've learned that. But I've, but I've learned through Siri that it's okay to say, I can't answer that. As your pastor, I don't know every answer. And I don't pretend to. And I'm not, I'm not going to try and answer the questions that you had. But you know, if I, if, I, if I have some insight, I might be able to share that. But if I haven't, I'll just say, well, I'm not sure what to do. That, that's something you're going to have to work out. Maybe God's going to have to reveal things gradually about that situation. But when we think that we're going to go to somebody or go somewhere and they're going to have the whole revelation, give us a whole package, then you know what? Sometimes you're just going to get led down the wrong path. So we need to realize that, that uh, we, we need to speak what God's done in our life. So I can say, well, God's done this. I came as a, a scared little boy, scared of the dark, um, scared of what, what my dad would do to my mum. Uh, living in that environment of, 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 of domestic violence and all this sort of stuff. And yet God came and he saved my mum and then he saved my dad and then the whole family got born again. And then we've gone on this journey together as a family and we've, we've grown up in, in learning about the things of God. Well, I don't know about everything else, but I know that. 
Because I know having dinner and seeing the fry pan whack my mum, I remember the salad bowl flying. My dad tried to throw the salad at my mum, but it hit my auntie and landed all on her head. I remember these things. I could see my mum getting knocked totally off her feet and landing on her back. I remember her saying, I'm going to leave. And I, I, I was only like eight years old saying, no, I'm, I'm blocking the front door. Saying, no, you're not getting past me. I remember these things. That's a, that's a history I come from. But that doesn't mean that I, go, I grow up to then bash my wife or be, be a tyrant to my family. But I saw God do a work in my dad that, that he got born again and that he didn't stay there. So I can tell that. I haven't got all the answers, but I know that. The next one, Proverbs 31 verse 8, went to speak. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And I know there are, there are people in every church, in every place, who have an overactive justice gene. It's like it's next to your, your endorphin box. And some people, they've got a very small one. Other people, it's, it, it dominates their whole box area. And, and they just always like, oh, the poor darling. Oh, you can't leave them like that. But speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. It's something we all need to develop in our life is having an empathy for others. So history is full of believers, full of Christians who have spoken up for justice all through history. Some of the major platforms we have in the developed world today are because of Christians standing up, slavery, uh, all, all sorts of things. There's, there's lots, of, lots of different things. But we can all do this here, where we live, in Port Lincoln, in South Australia. We, we can live, we can speak for those who have no power. These days, the, the, the cool word is advocacy. Say, so, well, we need ad advocacy services. It means that there is somebody speaking on behalf of another to help them, on behalf of them. Someone speaking out. So some people, for whatever reason, are not able to speak for themselves. They need someone to speak for them. They need someone to advocate for them, to go out to bat for them. So be the one who speaks. Yeah. Now get this, get this balance it, because I know when, when you have the overactive justice gene within you, you, you can let that rule everything. But you're not the union boss. You're not going to protest. You're not going to stand out in front of the, the, the lawyer's office or somewhere with a big placard saying, hey, rip me off. You know, that's, we're not the union shop steward or the union boss kind of person or we're not the bulldog. But we're going to be with the right, having the right information and with humility speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves. That's what God wants us to be like and what God wants us to develop in that area. So there's time to speak up. That's one of those times is when it's good to speak up. And you know, I think uh, in, in Australia today, it is time for the church to speak up. And the enemy has tried lots of avenues to try and shut the church's voice down. And we just need to be really careful how we speak, what we speak. But you know what? God wants to minister through the church to the world because it needs to hear his voice. And your neighborhood, your neighbors, the people you work with, who you go to school with, need to hear your voice speak the word of God. It's really important that we understand the time when to speak. We need to be free to speak. We need to be free to, to speak the right stuff because it affects so much about life. There is another story of a girl in the Bible that had a visit from an angel and we're going to look at her story. 
So Gabriel again, this is what to speak. So I'll read it out. Gabriel appeared to her, the, the, the girl is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son and you'll name him Jesus. Can you see all the similarities between these stories? It says he'll be very great and he'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. And then in verse 36, we won't read all that. The angel tells her, Gabriel tells her all about the other baby that we've all talked about, John the Baptist. He tells her because it's her cousin is, is the mother of John the Baptist. He says, she's pregnant and she's going to have a baby too. Then in verse 37 and 38, it says this, For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, and this is the, the way to speak or what to speak. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. See, Mary clearly gives us the example of what to speak. See, sometimes we don't know what to speak. But when it comes down to the things of God, here's the key for you this morning. Agree with it. Agree with the things of God. Agree with the Word of God. See, may everything you've said about me come true. See, Jesus has spoken everything that He, will, that he could ever speak over you is already been spoken. And you'll find it in here. I've only got really two sermons. They always say, read the Word and pray. And I missed both of them this morning, but I better fit it in the end. I want to tell you something. If you'll learn to read your Bible and do it a lot, there's, there's everything that God has ever spoken over your life for direction, for vision, for purpose, for living. It's all in here. Everything is ever spoken over your life is in here. And now what you have to do is say, like, like Mary said, may everything you have said about me come true. Well, yeah, it's all very almost got you. Agree with it. And speak like you agree with it. And watch what God does. Watch what God does. So this morning, why don't you just stand to your feet with me? Maybe you can just close your eyes and, and, and uh, limit the distractions around you. Because the Holy Spirit wants to just settle this here in your spirit today about being free to speak. Being free to speak. We need to be sensitive and not become like Zechariah who lost his speech because he didn't have faith in what God had planned. I want to speak to you this morning. Have faith in what God has planned. Speak life. Speak agreement to those things. 
We're going to pray for those who want to be free to speak for God. To speak at that time when it's right to speak. I want to pray for those who declare today, I will agree with what you've already spoken over me. And that could be setting some people free completely today. When you can start to say, God, if I look into your word, I could find what you've already spoken for my life. I find what you've already spoken over me, over my family, over my, my whole world. And I'm going to agree with that. I want us to put our hands on our mouth this morning. If you feel to, if you don't feel to, that's okay. But for those who feel to, put your hands on your mouth. Put your hands on your mouth. And I'm going to pray over you this morning that you may have a speech, that you may have a freedom to speak the Word of God. Are you ready now? I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray this morning for our mouth. Lord, I pray for every person here today who wants to be free to speak, want to, free, want to be, be having a freedom to speak the Word of God, to speak the truth. Lord, we just pray right now, we touch our lips. Lord, not with our hands right now, they're the hands of the Lord. Touch your lips. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that we have a, a speech that brings us into agreement with your Spirit into agreement with what your word already says. Lord, I pray for those who want to speak for you. May their mouth be touched. May they, may they speak the name of Jesus. May they speak their story. May they speak for those who can't speak for themselves. And Lord, we want to declare today, I will agree with what you have already spoken over me. And I want to speak that in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, so church, One Heart Church, you can take your seats. Let's be free to speak this year. Let's speak with authority in the power of God. And we're going to see the world change. One person at a time. We're going to see the church grow in large, in maturity, in faith, in number. God bless you, church. We'll see you all here next week. God bless.